Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well. Whether you are today, hope it's a payday for you. How about that? Maybe some of you bi-weekly wage earners and weekly folks got a check today. Hope that's the case. Hope you get enough money to get out and go do some things. Supposed to be a wet weekend here in the state of Mississippi. It's been wet kind of on and off every day. Stark the last few days. Not going to be a lot of grass cutting around these parts, I can tell you. I'm kind of looking forward to having a, uh, you know, kind of a chill weekend. We're getting kind of towards the end of the, the book editing process, and so I've got some things to do. i got to name chapters and that sort of stuff and work on an introduction and conclusion, that sort of stuff. I mean, it, it's, it seems easy, and it is easy, but it's one of those nitpicky things that just kind of gets together. But, um, you know, we've got all these edits done, and there's probably a handful of chapters left. I've got to do some uh, rewrites on, but uh, we're there. I mean, basically... You know, we've probably got about a week or so to go of all of that. And then we'll, uh, you know, we'll have people laying out a book and they'll push it off to print. And uh, we'll have a book for you sooner rather than later. Don't have a release date yet. But here's what we're going to do for those of you that don't know. As soon as we push it off to print, we'll go ahead and put it up for, for pre-order. You'll be able to go ahead and do that and get that handled. And so many of you have been so wonderful to do that. But we'll do that as soon as, soon as we get it pushed off. We'll make it available to you. Got some other big things we're working on with Flim Flam. I know many of you have asked if it's going to be available in some other formats. I wanted to get this one finished, and then we're going to go address that. We're going to address the Flim Flam deal, probably roll it out as an ebook, and then we'll look to see about you know doing Audible and that sort of stuff. To uh, for the, many people have asked me, you know, Steve. Would you consider doing, you know, the, uh, the Audible, an audio version of Flim Flam and kind of producing some bonus content? And I'm absolutely agreeable to doing that. I think even for people that uh, have read the book, there's some, uh, you know, there's some information that I could share, you know, about the writing of the book and some perhaps some things I didn't put in the book. And, the, and so we're looking at all of those. And once we figure that process out, you know, I've got a publisher that kind of handles those things for me. But once I figure out what my role in all of that is, and then we get Flim Flam available in, in other mediums. Then we'll look at doing the same thing for Stark Villains. It'll be a while before we do anything with Alpha Dogs other than the print version. We want to sell as many of those as we can. And then we'll look to do the, make the, that, that available in other formats too. So I haven't forgotten about any of that stuff. And, and there's still people buying Flim Flam, which is amazing to me. And I want to say thank you. And for those of you that have kind of lost track, Stark Villains has been on the bestseller list in the state of Mississippi for eight months. It is incredible to me. Flim Flam didn't do that. But Stark Villains has stayed on the bestseller list for eight months. It is amazing to me. And then they always tell me that when a new book comes, it kind of breathes life into the previous works of the author. And so it's going to be really cool to begin to think about Stark Villains even though it is still selling, to see that maybe that can get another jump there. And so that's kind of cool. So thank you guys so much for the support. I know many people that the only books they've read in the last few years have been my books. And uh, your wives have told off on you, just so you know. They message me and say, hey, Steve, looking forward to your new book. It is the only books that my husband has read since he got out of high school or college or whatever. So we're going to work on all that. And uh, if you're not a book-reading person, uh, I'm going to encourage you, Take some time, whether you read my books or not, you should read my books. But if you don't, even if you don't, set aside some time for yourself to read. I I am a reader myself. 
And uh, I always do my best to read a few books before I write another one, just to kind of let, we, we've got an, an army of animals here, but, uh, but be that as it may, I try to set aside some time to read because there's some, there's some muscles in your mind that you need to exercise from time to time, whether you're, you know, working on stuff all the time or not. And uh, so set aside some time for you to be able to chill and give yourself an opportunity to gain some new knowledge, whether it's, you know, a book about something that you don't have any interest in or whatsoever, you know, maybe it's something brand new for you. Maybe, maybe you want to read fiction. Maybe you want to read a do-it-yourself book and gain some new knowledge. But I just, I'm an advocate for reading. And so let me encourage you to check into the, all of that. I want to thank our good friends over at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of this show, great purveyors of food here in the Golden Triangle. Bulldog Burger Company is part of a great family of restaurants that have served this community for so many years. They understand what it takes to provide a quality meal to you and your family. Go by and see them. Now two locations to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, Mississippi. And then they're on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. And you know what? There are a lot of people out there that have some concerns about still COVID is still something we're dealing with. And so you know what, Steve? I'm just not quite ready to tackle the great restaurant quality hamburger in a restaurant setting. And you know what? That's cool because they have got this curbside service thing down to a science. You can call ahead or you can visit them at eatwithus.com and make an online order. And I could kind of go from there. So they're going to make it easy for you to have a great meal. And listen, mom deserves a night off sometimes. You know how it is. I mean, some of you dads cook too. So, you know, sometimes it's nice just to let somebody else handle the cooking and you still have a great restaurant quality meal right there in the comfort of your own home. You can do that with Bulldog Burger Company. I encourage you to get the spring rolls because they will make you and everyone around you better looking. Absolutely the best appetizer in Starkville proper. And, uh, hey, listen, if you're getting it to go, Maybe get yourself a chocolate shake to drink on the way home as part of that cheat day, right? Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and now Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. So let's get into a couple things today. Baseball signings are taking place. I don't know if you've heard, but we finally have a deal between the Major League Baseball Players Association and the owners. We're going to have what is a 60-game season. I'm eager for all that to take place because we need some other things to talk about. You know what I'm saying? There's just so much going on in the world right now that uh, there's a lot of negativity. It would be nice to have a game where they keep score and uh, we have a vested interest in the players. You know what I'm saying? It's like some sports fans can watch anything. It's because of the spirit of competition. I am like that sometimes too. And when they first started playing Korean baseball, I was like, hey, this is cool. But you know what? I'd love to see the San Francisco Giants play. I would love to be able to see uh, the Atlanta Braves play. And a lot of Braves fans listen to the show. So I'm excited about it. And I'll be honest with you, to be, to be 100% transparent with you, I have not been a great Major League fan for many years. There's a couple reasons why. Number one, because I live in the college baseball coverage bubble. And what I mean by that is we cover Mississippi State year-round every sport. So my interest level uh, and my mental faculties are kind of dedicated to what's going on with Mississippi State. So I think, you know, it's difficult sometimes to kind of cram that stuff in there. There There's some people in the media I can sit around with, they can quote stats and name players. And there was a time in my life that I could tell you the starting lineup of every player for every major league franchise, collect the baseball cards, all that kind of stuff. I still collect some older cards, but you know what? They're Mississippi State related. Uh, I think as of now, I have all but three 
Mississippi State Bulldogs who have made the Major League Baseball show. And I'll get those soon. I've got a birthday coming up. Buy myself some gifts, right? So, but I'm excited about pro baseball. And one of the reasons why is because we've got more and more Mississippi State guys kind of entering the fray there. But I'm just ready to have something that I don't that I don't have to kind of commit my mental abilities to cover. I mean, sometimes I would just like to be entertained. And so I'm looking forward to that, looking forward to see uh, some games, whether there are fans there or not. I just want to be able to watch some competitive games that really count. So let's get into some of these baseball signings. I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, there, have been, there have been several, several signings that are somewhat important to you. Now, as I said shortly after the draft concluded, this was a best-case scenario for Mississippi State. There were two baseball signees that we were pretty much certain were going to get drafted very, very early, and both would sign, and both did, and both have. Austin Hendrick agrees to terms with the Cincinnati Reds for a $4.3 million signing bonus. It's good work if you can get it, right, kids? Right now, right now, there are many dads listening to this show thinking, you know what, maybe I do feel like throwing bad in practice as a kid in the backyard. You know, because that's where it all starts. I'm not going to get into a big thing about that. But uh, Austin Hendrick, considered by many to be the best prep power hitter in the draft, and so he goes early. We never, we never expected him to come to school. Austin, we barely knew you, but best of luck to you. Uh, Blaze Jordan signed with the Boston Red Sox, second-round selection there. Was it second? Whatever. Yeah, second round, $1.75 million signing bonus. Out of slot money. We knew it was going to be out of slot money. There was a lot of discussions, you know. And listen, there's so much that goes on. A lot of people connected to these players put out a lot of this, uh, this noise. They put out a lot of smoke because uh, it's part of the negotiation process. They, they kind of like the perception being that these kids want to go to school but they don't put themselves out of the draft. You know what I'm saying? So it's all, it's all a little bit half-measured, but it's, the whole point is to get the best deal. So Blaze has signed. There was never – even when – listen, everybody when he committed to Mississippi State, even the casual baseball fan, saw the power that kid had, even at 13 years old. I mean, just absolutely crushing the baseball. Everybody said, we'll never see him at Mississippi State. Well, we did see him as a fan. <laughs> we never saw him as a player. And we never will. But wish Blaze the best. Justin Foskey, of course, recently signed uh, the $3.25 million, I guess I can't read my handwriting. $3.25 million, a little bit below slot. Uh, but he's good and ready to go. Now, I understand JT Ginn is very, very, very close. Uh, he's a matter of fact, he's already hanging out with Jack Mangum and uh, kind of getting acclimated and ready to go. There is, uh, I understand, up to $2.5 million they can use to sign JT again. I was told the night that JT, signed, JT was drafted that he would sign for more money than he turned down out of high school. And so that's one of the things that I look at. And there are so many people out there that are, that are experts about everything. I, I don't claim to be, but I do know a lot of people who are, if that makes sense. I know who to call, and I'm not scared to get on the telephone. And so I was told, number one, JT Ginn was still very much a marketable commodity in the eyes of Major League Baseball scouts. One of the reasons why is because this is a guy that gets outs. This is a guy that gets ground balls. This is a guy that can pitch to contact and get soft contact. It's very rare to see him barreled up. You know, he gave up a home run, one of his first, first 
uh, appearances at Mississippi State. I believe it may have been the first one. Gives up a home run and then never gives up another one. I mean, it's, it's incredible to think about that. This is a guy that gets the baseball down. This is a guy whose spin rate is off the charts. And so as a result, his pitches just look a little different. But there were so many people that told me, oh, well, Steve, I think he's got to come back. I, you know, there, there were some people that were sharing with me that, you know, maybe he should come back. But as it got closer to the draft, everybody involved, and I mean, and we're talking 72 hours for the draft, everybody says this kid is a first-round talent. Forget the arm surgery, forget the arm trouble, forget the fact that he was, you know, hadn't really been fully healthy in a while at Mississippi State. Of course, they talk to doctors, they talk to other people, and they find out that there's a comfort level with all that arm surgery. Now, nobody's scared of that. And so the casual fan is, but those guys writing the checks really aren't. And so I understand that JT will sign for over $2 million and uh, that it's just a matter of time now. Now, of course, there's always, you know, some details to work out and that sort of stuff. But JT, again, will sign for more money than he did out of high school. I think that is important for Mississippi State for a couple of reasons. Number one, JT, again, came here and went to Omaha for Mississippi State. Basically, one hit Louisville and uh, deserved better than the feat that he got. The fate that he got should have got a W that day. But then he came here and then uh, didn't sacrifice any of that signing bonus. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there were a lot of people that were saying, oh, well, this will hurt Mississippi State in the future. But I think that the attitude you look at now is so, you know what, that kid came here, and despite the fact that he had some health concerns that were no fault of Mississippi State's, he still left Mississippi State with more money than he was offered by the Dodgers. And I think if we're being honest, and I know, know there's some of you Dodger fans out there, they're a lot like Ole Miss fans, uh, the New York Mets is a better organization. So I think it's a better situation. Not to mention he'll be able to spend some time with Jake. Uh, they'll, they'll have a journey together. So, so that's good. Now, Jordan Westberg has not signed yet that I have seen. It's just a matter of time, the 30th pick. And so you know now that they're negotiating that, but, but he'll be good to go as well. It's going to be interesting how all this stuff is designated for assignment. You know what I'm saying? Like one, Because the minor leagues are being gutted, and it's just a matter of time before you, you find out that some of these franchises are going to, going to fold. But it's, it's interesting. I've talked to a lot of people in the industry. They've said, you know, there's a lot of kids, a lot of players that really didn't have any business in the minor leagues. What I mean by that is, is uh, they were some people that were kind of signed for economic reasons that maybe perhaps they had one or two skills that could be developed. And then it never really came together, but there was, a, you know, there was no reason not to sign them if they're willing to sign. And as one expert shared with me, there are a lot of those guys that sign for a Big Mac and a Coke, and, and then they get up there and they kind of fill out a roster. And then there's, there's never any hopes of them making the major leagues. And so but they carried many of those guys just because of injuries and that sort of stuff. And then what happens is you have uh, – you know, minor league rosters to get bloated. And so now they're trimming that back, and that's kind of what you're seeing. So what happens next will be interesting. You know, how is this all going to break loose? Because there are a lot of people involved in this process that, uh, you know, are awfully invested financially. I mean, it's, you know, I, I've talked to some of our players that have moved on to the minor leagues, and, you know, you get a little worried, and you think, man, it's so much more competitive up there. And, and I've had one player tell me that, you know, he played on better rosters at Mississippi State than he did in minor leagues. You know, he said, you know, it's a different level, obviously, but, you know, as far as, like, a combined group of talent, there was, you know, more talent on, in the college ranks. And so 
Uh, and, that, and that's going to be the case a lot of times with rookie ball. But, uh, but be that as it may, a lot of kids have signed. There'll be some more to sign. But Mississippi State going to get through this thing about as well as anybody had hoped. I know, and it's, there are some people out there that, uh, that have a lot of expert opinions that don't have any, an expert thinking here. But uh, let's keep up with all that as we go. That's one of the things that's interesting to me is like, you know, the, there's all these hot takes, you know, and social media encourages them. Like I, I'd read recently some people were talking about how uh, Jordan Westberg and Justin, Justin Foscue didn't, didn't do a lot when they were here at Mississippi State. Well, they, they did go to Omaha twice. It's interesting. I mean, it's interesting to me that, you know, uh, certain schools in the state have been to Omaha, you know, maybe twice in my lifetime. And then Jordan Westberg and Jordan Foscue do it twice in two years. You know, I mean, that's one thing about being new money and having old tradition. But I digress. So these guys that have moved on were expected to move on. There's no big surprise there. And not to mention, if JT Ginn comes back next year, uh, his availability is not what you would probably expect it to be. You know, he's still – I think even next year they're going to be very careful with him, uh, with the Mets. And they have the time to invest some money in him and give him some opportunity to rehab. They probably feel better having him rehab with their medical people and their doctors uh, when they would be in college. And so, again, we wish all those guys the best, but this is an absolute best-case scenario. And I think a lot of people out there that, that think, man, Mississippi State lost a lot. You know, we did. we got to rebuild a middle infield. And there's no getting around that. Cam James, of course, will slot over and play shortstop for us. Uh, you know, we got uh, DeBrule coming in from uh, Jacksonville that will play second. So we're going to be fine. But I don't think people fully appreciate how loaded – this Mississippi State roster is. We got to find some power somewhere, but the pitching, defense, I mean, the talent on this team is tremendous. This is a team that is built to contend. Remind you, our friends at Hawthorne, there to serve you. If you hadn't done so, order yourself something. A lot of you guys got lame Father's Day gifts. I know you did. I know you were thinking, you know what? I hinted around and I told her to go to hawthorne.co and take that quiz because she knows what I like, and I'd like her to have some say in it too, and she didn't do it. She went and bought me some off-brand stuff at Walmart or something, and I deserve better than that. I agree with you. You do deserve better, and you can have better by going to hawthorne.co. Use promo code BONEYARD, get yourself a $20 gift card, in addition to some wonderful cologne. And it's not just cologne, but you take that quiz, and then they will pair you up with some scents that kind of fit your preferences. You can get the body wash, you can get the shampoo, the conditioner, you get the cologne. They've got the work scent, the play scent. I like the play scent better, but the work scent is just as good. Play scent's a little, uh, a little more playful, shall we say. When you get ready to go out for drinks after dinner, or go out, whatever, you're going to be around, you know, let's just say you're, you're working. Sometimes you got to play. But you can go to hawthorne.co and, and pick an assortment of men's products there. You're going to be glad you did. People think I'm joking, but I'm not. I've had so many other people that have messaged me and said, you know what, Steve, you're right. This Hawthorne brand cologne that I have is, without a doubt, the best-smelling cologne that I've ever worn, ever. And you can ask the people that know me. They'll tell you. And it's not just because I say it, because they smell it. Everybody sees it. And not to mention... How much better do you feel? How much more confident are you when you know you smell great? You know what I'm saying? You walk in the room, you think, you know what, hey, not only am I the best-looking guy in this joint, I smell better than the rest of these guys. I brought in the big guns. I'm here. Hawthorne.co, promo code Boneyard. Go check it out today. You'll be glad you did.
All right, let's get into a couple more things. I know so many people, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I want to move on, but um, by the time many of you hear this, the uh, state Senate will have gaveled back in at 3.30, uh, which is moments away from now. We There's not going to be a vote today, okay? So you can kind of stand at ease. A lot of people wonder what's going on. Uh, Jay Hobson's brother is a state senator, and uh, his funeral was today. That's one of the reasons Jay was not at the Capitol yesterday. Uh, Dad died early this week, and they're having the funeral. And uh, and so, as a result, the state senate's going to wait and vote tomorrow, on Saturday. So there'll be a vote tomorrow to suspend the rule, and you need a supermajority, but a two-thirds majority, to suspend the rule to allow a vote on a flag. But that's going to happen on Saturday, not today. If you have been on Gene's page, we've been talking about this for about 24 hours or so. The, the vote would come Saturday. I know some other people have tweeted out that it's breaking news. It's not breaking news. It was, this was known yesterday uh, throughout the Capitol. And uh, it's one of those things, too. There's so many people out there that uh, of a bulldog persuasion that are involved in this process. And they don't mind sharing information as long as uh, they're not compromised. And so I've had a lot of people that have been able to kind of share some things, some behind-the-scenes wranglings. You know, there's always, you know, there's always things that happen in politics. And, and that's one of the reasons I don't like it. But uh, be that as it may, this is important to you. Because it is important to Mississippi State. It is important to the state of Mississippi. Now, we may not agree on that flag, and that's okay. But I think we can all agree that we want Mississippi State to be able to participate in baseball regionals and host championships and all that sort of stuff. And there's, it, this thing is, is off the rails right now. We have some SEC teams that are saying they're not going to bring their teams to play us. Now, I'm sure Greg Sankey would intervene in those situations. But this is only going to get uglier from here if the flag isn't changed. And there are some people out there that say, Steve, I don't want to be held hostage. You know what? I don't either. But be that as it may, if you want the flag on, then it shouldn't matter what the reasoning behind the vote is. There are a lot of people out there that are pro-flag. And listen, I get it. I understand that, you know, listen, I, I support your ability to fly your flags at your home, whatever you want to fly. I don't think the government should ever infringe upon that. I think, listen, hey, if you want to fly the Stars and Bars, which is the original flag of the Confederacy, if you want to fly the Confederate battle emblem, that is 100% your right and your responsibility to do that at your home. You can put whatever bumper sticker you want on your car, your truck. You can wear whatever T-shirt you want. I am okay with every bit of that. But once we put it on the state capitol, it kind of becomes my business too. You know what I'm saying? And so as a result, again, I think the government should allow you to do and express yourself any way possible as long as you're not hurting anybody else. And if you want to fly those symbols, that is 100% you're right. But I think as a state, we should all have a little say in that in that respect. And then some people are going to say, well, Steve, why don't we have a statewide referendum? What's well, one of the reasons we hire, we elect legislators is to, re- to represent us in matters of political interest. And so, and there are a lot of people that's when they say, let's have a referendum, that's really just kind of code for, I'm really for keeping the flag, but I just don't want to come out and say it because of the climate today in America. I, and I get that too. But the bottom line is this, the vote's not going to happen until Saturday. So we're going to move on from that. I could spend a lot of time talking about that, but I, listen, I, I, don't, I don't like having to talk about political issues because I don't like politics. I don't like having to talk about presidential elections. No, I do my civic duty. I vote in every single election. I don't listen. If they decided that we're going to vote for the Octavia County dog catcher, I'm going to go vote because there are a lot of people out there that, that gave up a lot for me to have the right to go vote and have a say in things. And so maybe I'm a little old-fashioned in that respect. Back to order, please. Here we go. 
That sound you heard was the gavel banging as they uh, bring the, the uh, Senate session back to order. So I'm going to pause that and go back to that once we're done here uh, because I'm interested in all that. But back to the voting thing, I, I, I always vote. I always vote. I'm very politically conscious. I don't always share my, uh, my opinions with everybody else because I, I just don't want to have to have the debate or the argument. But when sports and politics intersect, we're in a situation where we've got to, to discuss it because Mississippi State is essentially being held hostage by this. And then there are some people that would say, well, Steve, that's the NCAA and the SEC. The bottom line is this. It's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. And then there are many that say, well, you know, Steve, it should come down for the right reasons. You're right. It should have come down for the right reasons in the last 125 years. So let's, let's just stop with all of the excuse making and, you know, we, we find phrases that are comfortable for us to talk about ugly things. But again, I'm not going to rant and rave about that. I do want to get into a top 10 list today. How about that? I had somebody send me, and I I forget your name, and I apologize because apparently I deleted your DM. So I I do apologize. But this is a person out of Jackson, Mississippi, that said, Steve, I know you're a music guy. I know that you have an appreciation for all music, and I do. I don't know. I don't buy every music, but I appreciate the fact that... uh, the people that can get out there with the music and, and uh, voice and uh, make people move or make people feel something, I have a tremendous amount of respect for that because it has been very difficult for me to do that sort of thing. So I respect people that are, that are better at things than I am. But here we go with Prince. The top ten Prince songs. Everybody loves Prince. And if you don't, you darn well should. I, I couldn't limit it to just ten. I don't number these, but I wanted to give you guys a... Uh, a list of honorable mentions too, because I really dig Prince. Prince is an underrated guitar. It's the guitar solo on "Let's Go Crazy." That in and of itself, tremendous. You just go check it out. All right, so here we go. Here's my list of honorable mentions. Some of these you will know, some of you will not. Uh, the first honorable mention I'm going to give is uh, "You Got the Look." That was a duet with Sheena Easton, and that was after Prince had moved on because it was Prince, and then it was Prince and Revolution, and then Prince and a New Power Generation, and then it was just a symbol, right? So most of these are going to be songs back before he became the symbol. Uh, but "You Got the Look" with Sheena Easton, great song. It was a big, big radio hit. One of my favorites from the New Power Generation era is Seven. Uh, I think Tevin Campbell sang background on that one. You know, Prince, of course, uh, produced Tevin Campbell. Uh, Delirious was a huge hit for Prince. That whole album is really good, too, uh, if you hadn't checked it out. And I don't just mean the Eddie Murphy one. I'm talking about uh, 1999, all that stuff. And then one of my favorites, kind of a B-side, is a song called DMSR. And it's not just because my initials are in a song. DMSR stands for Dance, Music, Sex, Romance. It is a good track. Check it out. Underappreciated. And then Kiss. I know other people would say, Steve, the greatness of Prince's falsetto should have that song in the top ten. You know, I dig the song. It is very different. I know it was a big radio hit, but it always kind of seemed like Prince was joking when he sang that song. You know, it just I, I, I thought it didn't have the conviction some other songs did. And so it's out of my top ten, but I will mention it and kind of explain why it's not. I know many of you love it, and you like the Neil Diamond version or whoever was. Uh, what's his name? That gummit, what's his name? Tom. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. 
Fortunately, you can turn to NerdWallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Jones. Tom Jones recovered the song and uh, had a bit of a hit with it, but uh, I'm not a big fan of that. All right, so here we go. My top 10 Prince songs. You can have your own list. Your list would be wrong, but you're welcome to have it. You, you have the right to be wrong in this country, and many people exercise that right liberally. All right, number 10, uh, I could never take the place of your man. Lyrically, it's a great song. It's a catchy tune. It's difficult, though, to find a good version of it. And what I mean by that is because I don't know what it was about the production value. Even finding the online versions or the ones on iTunes and stuff, they're just a little muted. But uh, the song itself is great. There's a couple live versions out there on YouTube that uh, Prince really gets down on that were tremendous. I could never take the place of your man. But the fact of the matter is that's just a song because you, you and I both know that I could. All right, number nine, Let's Go Crazy off the Purple Rain soundtrack. And I think the Purple Rain soundtrack is kind of like the Joshua Tree or the White Album for Prince. That was the one where he went from being a star to being a superstar. The movie Purple Rain, incredible. I watch it every time it's on. I don't care if I thumb through through it two in the morning if it's on. I go ahead and stay up and watch it. It's great. 
And some people are saying, well, Steve, why don't you just DVR it? Well, yeah, kind of like watching it when it's on. Number eight, another new power generation song, Diamond and Pearls. And uh, that was a, another major hit for Prince. Uh, one of those things, too, you know, when Prince was kind of becoming more polished as a musician, you know, I love the raw edge of the early stuff. But uh, I think he really kind of found a different groove later in his career with the new power generation where you know, there was just a lot more melody with stuff. And Diamonds and Pearls was one of those. Uh, from that same era, the most could you be the most beautiful girl in the world? And uh, the video is incredible because basically what he's pointing out is that all women are beautiful. All women are beautiful. And uh, I agree with that. And uh, you can watch that video. And he has you know, a number of women that are in that video that, uh, that he's singing to. And many of them wouldn't be classified beautiful in the traditional sense. Uh, but I think, you know, women, are, of course, I, I think are the better species, and I think it's one of those things, too, that I find beauty in all women, uh, you know, of all walks of life. I was raised by women, and so maybe as a result I'm a little bit biased towards women. It's a little easier for me to trust women. All right, so uh, now that you've had a therapy session on me, number six for me is Cream, and uh, I know some people say, Steve, how could you mention that? Cream is a killer track absolutely killer it is um it's one it's one of those songs that everybody's heard you've kind of snickered a little bit too but when you listen to the instrumentation on that song the layers in that thing and how great the production value of that song is it just catches you it really does all right so now we get into the nitty-gritty i didn't mention get off earlier too get off is great it's an honorable mention song too get off wonderful song very edgy all right, so we, but we get into the final five, and this is where I think everybody agrees these are probably the top five Prince songs, but you don't always agree on the order. All right, so for me, number five, off the Around the World in a Day album, it's Raspberry Beret. Uh, I've never worked at a five and dime, but uh, I've seen a lot of girls with Raspberry Berets, and I love them all. Love that song. I remember I was, I was in, living in Canton, Mississippi that summer, when I, and everywhere you went in Jackson, everywhere you went, you couldn't go to North Park Mall without hearing that song on WJDX on the way to the mall. Then you get to the mall, and everywhere you go, it's being played on the soundtrack. It's like everywhere I went, Raspberry Beret followed me. The fashion of that song didn't really catch on, but it was one of those deals where everybody liked the song because it told a story. You know, it wasn't just uh, mindless drivel. It actually told a story. Uh, number four on my list, going back to a little earlier in the catalog, it's Little Red Corvette. And I understand uh, there's some people that don't like the song and they think it's somewhat offensive, and I, I disagree. I, I think some people need to be offended, to be quite honest with you. I think it's, it's part of their living. Uh, but Little Red Corvette is a classic song. I think at, at some point, everybody has rocked this in their car. And if they didn't, do it on the way, you should do it on the way home today. Number three, 1999. The whole album is great. But that, that was one of those quintessential songs, I think, that really kind of helped move Prince in a different direction. I think people kind of realized he wasn't just a top 40 guy, that he was a serious musician. He wasn't some flash in the pan. And that album was one that I really feel like he arrived on. Number two for me, and it's not Computer Blue, 
it's Purple Rain. Uh, I th- one of one of the greatest sad love songs of all time. And you know I'm an expert on that. I love sad love songs because I think we all can relate to that. At some point we all had our heart broken. Um, but I, I think he's really speaking from his heart and soul there. It's not just about a movie. I, I think that is one of those songs that uh, that everybody has heard and felt deep within their soul. But number one for me, and I don't know how it could be anything else, it's When Doves Cry. When Doves Cry, the video was great. It was part of the, the Purple Rain Motion Picture soundtrack. I believe this is the hit among hits, and you could find so many hits in the Prince catalog, and there's so many stuff. There was a lot of things that weren't released commercially. You know, Prince for a while was given free downloads of his new music because he already made his money. He just wanted to share music for the share the joy of music. And so he didn't have a lot of radio success late in his career, but it doesn't mean that he wasn't turning out great songs. But when you mention Prince, the movie Purple Rain immediately comes to mind, and then, of course, the song When Doves Cry, which was kind of the, the big single off that album that kind of got things rolling. So there you go, my top ten Prince songs. And I, as I'm saying these, I'm remembering Thieves in a Temple. Uh, I remember I Want to Be Your Lover, all those songs. Prince is one of those guys for me that uh, when I take a road trip sometimes, I just kind of find a playlist of Prince, and I just put it on and let it go because you're never going to be disappointed. There's always going to be quality stuff. Okay, so let's move on. Campus Bookmart, longtime sponsors of the show. Very, very happy to have them with us. Uh, I think Campus Bookmart is one of those places that uh, can kind of scratch where you itch. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're a Mississippi State fan and you need Mississippi State merch, and you do, you can find it right here in town, right there off campus at Campus Bookmart. You can find textbooks there. You can find a free place to park if you're a student. But you can also find maroon and white gear. You can get everything you need to outfit your home, your RV, your pad, whatever you want, right there at Campus Bookmart. Visit them at campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Many of you are telling me that you're out taking trips and you're going to do this and we're going to the beach and that kind of stuff. Buy the kids and yourself some fresh Mississippi State gear to wear to rep the Bulldogs wherever you go. I know if you're like me, when I go, I have to wear, I have to get a fresh hat. So get yourself one of those Mississippi State straw hats or whatever and uh, keep yourself from getting burned. Some of us are a little fair of skin. It's one of the reasons I have so many tattoos. Couldn't tan. But Campus Bookmark can help you out. Again, that's campusbookmark.net, promo code BSR. So let's get into some wide receiver recruiting because I believe some big things are about to happen. I really believe that. Now, earlier today, Malik Neighbors, longtime Mississippi State target, announced a final two of Mississippi State and Georgia. Now, earlier he had a final three of Mississippi State and a couple other schools, but Georgia wasn't mentioned. The one consistent between he had a final three and then a final two, and he deleted his final three, the only school that was on both lists was Mississippi State. Now, if you have been keeping up, and you should have been, a few weeks ago, I was the first person to crystal ball Malik to Mississippi State. Based on everything that I am hearing, I am going to be 100% correct in that prediction. Earlier this week, Paul Jones, my colleague, over at jeanspage.com, he jumped on board, and he has now crystal-balled Malik Neighbors to Mississippi State as well. And as I share with you guys on Wednesday, 
Paul and I don't always compare notes. And one of the reasons we do that is we just want to make sure that you've got two people kind of working independently and working different sources to ensure we're getting the best information possible. We don't always agree, but we do on this. Malik Neighbors is going to be a Mississippi State Bulldog. And I think it's going to happen probably within the next couple of weeks. Maybe four weeks. It might get into August, maybe. But I believe this happens sooner rather than later. He had talked about making a late decision. I don't think it's going to happen. The NCAA just announced dead period extends to August 31st. So I think you're going to have some people say, you know what, why am I prolonging all this when I know where I want to go? And I think that's where Malik Neighbors is. I really believe it's going to be Mississippi State, and I really believe it's going to happen sooner rather than later. That's a big wide receiver. That is a guy that Steve Spurrier has been on. That is a guy that Mississippi State was among the first to offer. Had him at camp last year. He kind of knows what we're about. You know, he didn't have to go take a bunch of trips to get to know Mississippi State. He's already been here and worked out with our facilities. So it's not like he's flying blind. It's a Louisiana kid. I think you're going to have. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of success here in the next few years with that boot to the sip graphic. I think we're fixing to change the game a little bit as far as Louisiana recruiting goes for Mississippi State. You know, we we have kind of, you know, regardless of who the coaches have been, we have not recruited Louisiana very well. And it doesn't make a lot of sense because OSU can't sign everybody. And I want to get some of those ones OSU is signing, but the way to go back and get them is you got to have some wins somewhere. I think getting Malik Neighbors is big. I think getting Teddy, Teddy Knox would be even bigger. And one of the reasons that I say that is because Teddy Knox is one of those kids that will get on the phone and talk to anybody. He is a leader. He is an alpha dog in every word, in every way possible. And so getting him to pop, and I think that's going to happen sooner rather than he, he said June, and then he said his birthday. I think it's going to happen probably before his birthday. Maybe he waits it out, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did something very, 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 very soon. And Mississippi State is the winner for Teddy Knox. He is, he, he is originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Now at the Woodlands, Texas. So there's not a lot. Of, so he's not having to, it's, it's a great deal for Mississippi State because he's not having to listen to a lot of that uh, Baton Rouge recruiting talk from the locals. What I mean by that is, you know, other kids around, oh, you, gotta, you ought to go to LSU. You gotta, look what they did with this kid and that kid. And, and I get it. It's tough to beat LSU on a kid in town. So the fact that he's tucked away in the Woodlands, I think, is good because he's not having that, that everyday reinforcement from the kids in the hallway and everybody he sees at the gas station, that sort of stuff. And he's out there in Texas, and he doesn't have any kinship with the folks of Texas. You know, he's not a Texas forever kid. He's just there temporarily. And I understand once he gets on the college that his grandmother is going to move back to Louisiana. And so uh, I just don't think there's any threat with Texas. I know some people in the, in the Texas media have kind of suggested they were a factor. I just don't believe any of that. I really don't. I trust the people that I'm talking to and even the folks on our LSU side. I've known Sonny and Shay. my goodness, it seems like 20 years now. And uh, especially Sonny, I've known Sonny forever, and uh, one of my best friends in the industry. And uh, it just doesn't appear that LSU is going to swing at Teddy Knox. And so I think we're going to get both of those guys. And then that's two big fish early, and it gives you a chance to kind of wait. you got Buck Halter in, who continues to be the guy in the class that nobody talks about who is tremendous. It's almost like people have forgotten what a big deal that was that he flipped from Ole Miss. 
And I guess technically he decommitted and then committed to Mississippi State. But be that as it may, that one's not over. But that kid can really play. And so you begin to think about, okay, you got Brandon Buckhalter, you got Teddy Knox, you got Malik Neighbors. Well, now you can kind of be a little bit stingy. You can really take your time. But we've got some really talented players in Mississippi that we've got a very good chance to get. Canarius Johnson out of Laurel being one. I, I shared with you guys recently, the next time that I rank players, uh, Canarius Johnson is going to be the number two wide receiver in the state of Mississippi. I like him better than Isaiah Brevard. I like him better than Antonio Harmon because I believe he is more versatile. Now, I think Antonio Harmon is a freak, but his foot speed is not exactly what I would like it to be. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Dante Jones, a little bit. I think in the end, Antonio is probably going to end up at Ole Miss and uh, wish him the best. Hope he has a great career, gets his uh, college degree, meets his wife, and has a wonderful life and goes 0-4 in the Egg Bowl. But be that as it may, uh, I like Canaris Johnson. I think he is more versatile. And I think in this offense, he kind of fits what we want to do. What happens after that? I think Jacoby Moore is a guy that uh, I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping on Jacoby Moore. If you watch his film, and I want to encourage you to do that for the you recruitniks out there, go look him up on Huddle. Just put in Jacoby Moore, his Huddle will pop up. And you watch and you see what I'm talking about. There have been years under Dan Mullen, we would have already had the full court press to get that kid in the boat. But of course, with Mississippi State right now, we're a lot more wide receiver friendly offensively. And so because of that pedigree, you know, we're in some uh, relationships perhaps we wouldn't have been ordinarily. But I think Jacoby Moore is very much an SEC player, and I think he fits what Mississippi State wants to do. I think it all boils down to this. Do you take five receivers or not? Do you take five in the class or not? And if you do, I think it's pretty apparent. You, you can close that out right here at home with Canaris Johnson and uh, Jacoby Moore. I like both of those kids a lot. I really do. Now, there has been some discussion as of late. Somebody messaged me yesterday, and I want to address this because I have done some work on this, that former Ole Miss corner DeAndre Price, who kind of surprisingly withdrew from Ole Miss and then uh, enrolled, I believe, at Northeast Mississippi Community College. And then there was some discussion about Ole Miss trying to get him back, but because he's enrolled in junior college, and he, then he becomes a signee again. You know, he becomes a counter. And so it's a little more complicated, but there was some discussion yesterday. Somebody shared with me that he had made a social media post that he was transferring to Mississippi State and then deleted it. Uh, I have done some research. I don't believe at this point there is anything to that. Now, I also don't know if he is available to come out this year or not. Now, he was a full qualifier out of high school. So if he took care of things at Ole Miss – uh, in the classroom, you know, then he should be good to go to come out this year. Mississippi State needs some corners. This is a kid that played for them as a true freshman last year. And so I don't know if uh, if he's a guy that uh, will be available immediately or a guy that would be part of the 2021 class, still trying to find all of that out. But uh, that is something to kind of file away for future reference. Just not exactly sure where things stand, but as of now – I understand that he is not a guy that's about to transfer to Mississippi State. Is he a recruitable athlete for 2021? I guess that kind of remains to be seen. I'm doing my due diligence and kind of reaching out to some people that, that kind of have some familiarity with his situation to see if there's some, uh, some fire to the smoke. So that is something to consider. We've got to find some corners in this class, and certainly if you get a guy like him with SEC experience, 
Um, you know, that, that's something to consider. And I'll be honest with you guys, he played better at Ole Miss last year than I expected. There, there were a lot of people that claimed he had a lot of offers and that sort of stuff. And, listen, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I had an opportunity to see him in the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star practice. I thought he was a good player. I didn't think he was great. I did thought did think he played great at Ole Miss at times last year. He's a freshman, uh, but this is a guy that got his hands on the football more times than not. And so that that's just something to kind of file away for down the road. There is no room in the end right now for a transfer for 2020. Mississippi State currently at 83 scholarships. There is room for one more in the initial counters, but one person would have to leave. So – Maybe that's a factor in all this is too. We'll have to kind of see. I'm not aware of any other Mississippi State players who are looking to kind of move out and move on. Share with you guys earlier that, uh, you know, getting ready to finish up the book. And uh, I'm excited for you guys to read these stories. And one of the things that uh, I was discussing this with my agent earlier is uh, there are three chapters to me that are almost timeless. So what I mean by that is I, I only think that I get a chance to tell these stories maybe once. And that's the Alan McKean chapter, that's the Game of Change chapter, and that's the Rafael Palmero chapter. And we, we, we're going to spend a lot of time with those, kind of reworking those. Matter of fact, I reworked on Palmero yesterday, working on Game of Change this evening. But it's one of those deals where you look at it, you begin to think to yourself, you know, I don't know if I'll ever pass this way again. And so there are so many great stories in the book, and there's so many big names, but I think those stories are the ones that will look – I think those are the ones – that people will read and tell their friends, you know what, you need, you need to read this book because of this chapter. If for no other reason, read it because of this. And uh, I'm proud of every word, but uh, we have worked on, I, I'm gonna, we worked hard on all of them, but I, I have told uh, the people involved in the editing process that I want to make sure that we make sure we do a great job, not just editing for, for content and editing you know, for accuracy and editing for, for grammar. But I want to make sure that we edit to make sure that we've done as good a job as we possibly can. And sometimes that makes it difficult on me. Sometimes there's a lot more rewrites to do, and I'll get those things back, and it looks like my my middle school composition teacher has blood all over the page, and, and uh, there's a lot of red writing on there. But you know what? When I'm done correcting those things, it's beautiful to have that clean copy. And uh, in the end, I want to make sure we're doing these stories justice because, again, you know, I, I don't know when some of these people will ever be interviewed again. I don't know if they'll ever be part of a big publication like this ever again. And so it, it's important to me because you're important to me and they're important to me and Mississippi State is important to me. I want to make sure that we are doing the best job we possibly can to tell the Mississippi State story. And uh, those of you that know me understand what this means to me, and you understand how hard I work and I agonize over this. And I, and I joke with people sometimes. I don't. I, sometimes I don't know anybody that works as much as me. And then I look up every once in a while and I realize that I've got about a, a half a dozen shows that I normally DVR and I haven't watched yet. And then I have to sit down on a Sunday afternoon and just kind of vegetate and let the TV watch me a little bit. But uh, but I love the work. I love what we do. And I love telling the Mississippi State story. My hope is that soon we get to kind of remove some of the controversy we're all dealing with now so we can remove that as a topic of conversation. And I think, you know, what I mean, it's like we've had so so much of this with the flag business, and there are so many people that have such strong opinions. But, uh, you know, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, everybody is impacted by this. And so my hope is we can get this resolved and then kind of begin to heal what is quickly becoming a kind of a festering wound uh, between us. And uh, I, listen, 
I love Mississippi. I am here for the duration. I have no plans to leave. You know, I guess even if I won the lottery, I would probably stay here. I might, I might buy me a, a beach house or something to kind of retreat to every now and again. But, uh, but I love being here, and one of the main reasons why is because of all of you. It's because I don't know anywhere else that is quite as, uh, as hospitable as Mississippi. They call it the hospitality state for a reason. And I, I remember, listen, when I moved to Lafayette, Louisiana, and all due respect to you people in Acadiana, I loved them. I, I, learned, I learned to love them as they were, but they were a lot different than us. And I remember many times walking into a store, you know, and uh, people won't even hold the door open for you, you know. And then you get down here, and it's like people can't do enough for you, you know. And that, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about the people of Mississippi is that, uh, you know, we look out for each other. It may be the little things, but we do look out for each other because we all kind of feel like we're in this thing together, and we are. And that's why I think it's so important that we bring everybody in, everybody in under the tent. You know, let's bring everybody in out of the rain. Uh, I don't think any less of anybody because of their political views or their religious views. I, I'm a live and let live guy. I mean, I really am. I try to be anyway. It's something that I work on. It's something that I have uh, spent many years kind of working on, not being so judgmental of other people and, and to, to learn to love people where they are and not as I would have them to be. And then sometimes that's very difficult. But uh, I don't like being judged because it seems like most of the people that judge you you know, kind of do so critically. They don't do it constructively. They just judge you because you're different than them or you choose to dress differently than them or believe differently than them. And I think I have learned some of the greatest lessons in my life from people who are different from me. Uh, I like having friends around me that have uh, different opinions. And I have always made it abundantly clear to the people that are close to me, whether you agree with me or not, tell me how you feel, what you really feel. Don't hide behind, you know, guarded phrases and things of that nature. Just tell me what you feel. Good, bad, or indifferent. And then we'll figure it out from there. Because it is our diversity and it's our differences, I think, that make us so beautiful. I think that is the thing that if we can, you know, we, we may not agree. It's I, I laugh at these folks that have these house-divided tags. I don't know that I could have one of those, you know, because I, I am so passionate about Mississippi State. And so... Uh, there are other people, you know, I know James Carville is, uh, you know, a, a staunch Democrat and married to Republican, and, and uh, that's interesting to me. It's almost like having, uh, being a little bit unevenly yoked, but, but be that as it may, they make it work. And uh, we make it work here, too. And there's so many things about our home state that I'm very, very proud of. And uh, one of it is because of our people. I'm very proud of our people, and I, I'm glad that I am alive to see so much progress in our state and I get very defensive at times even if I don't say anything on a public platform I get a little bit out of shape when people get critical of of Mississippi it's one of those things that uh, as much as I despise a lot of what Ole Miss stands for when somebody comes at us I'm one of those kind of people too it's like you know what you're not going to pick on us you're not going to pick on us without me at least saying something You, you you might not agree with me we may never be friends but I'm not just going to let you pick on us. And you know what? I'll even defend those folks at Ole Miss when they're right, which is rare, but I'll defend them. You know, what they choose to do with their stuff is their business. You know, they've, they've got the nickname and, the, and all that stuff to deal with. And, and as I shared on this show about a week ago, you know, I think it's probably as, as, as in, interesting as that'll be, you know, that's their, their problems to deal with. You know, right now we have a collective problem to deal with, and that's the fact that the SEC and the NCAA 
and everybody are kind of holding our feet to the fire. And I grew up in Mississippi too. And I think part of the rite of passage of growing up in the Magnolia State is we have this chip on our shoulder or we don't want anybody to tell us what to do. I have lived my whole life and I have felt that way even now. I don't like anybody telling me what to do. But sometimes that is necessary. Even as I mentioned writing in the book, there are sometimes I'll get these edit notes back from my publisher and I see them at first and there's a part of me that thinks, you know what, I don't even want to do this anymore. And then when I let my ego subside a little bit, I begin to look at these things and I go ahead and make these changes and I realize, you know what, it's better this way. It's better this way. Absolutely better with the changes. And then I go back and I'm thinking, you know what, I was wrong. And sometimes that's difficult to admit and sometimes you just have to do it privately. You say, you know what, I'm just go ahead and roll with the punches here because I really just, I want the book to be great. And so I think about these uh, things we're dealing with, and I, and I want the state to be great. I want the people to be great. I want relationships between all people in Mississippi to be great. And so sometimes that means that I've got to be a little bit inconvenienced, and I've got to do a little more rewriting. Sometimes I've got to question my own beliefs a little bit at times. And so, you know, what, what's really better for the common good? Because sometimes what's better for me may not be better for everybody. And uh, if you haven't done so, I watched, uh, I watched the Matt Wyatt video. Uh, if you hadn't, go find his YouTube channel. You know what I'm talking about. He kind of gives his thoughts on the flag. And, uh, and really, I, I learned some things by watching that. I learned some things that I didn't know. And uh, I think that's important. I think it's, it's been a very healthy dialogue for many people. And there's some people out there on both sides of this. You're completely closed-minded. And, uh, and, I, and I get that, too. But at this point, we've got to kind of move forward, have some reconciliation, and move forward as a people. Uh, because for many of you, you're like me. Mississippi is my home. And I plan to stay here. But as long as I'm here, I'm going to do everything I can to make it as the best place possible. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.